21. You can stay seated. Matthew chapter 21. Verses uh, 28 through 32. Matthew 21, verses 28 through 32. Last week I spoke on a parable, the mustard seed. Uh, I just felt led to speak on another parable this, this week. And I want to say over the next couple of Sundays, we have uh, uh, some of our associate pastors will be speaking. And I love it when they speak because they are just a great preachers and they have such a wonderful anointing on them. I know the Lord is going to use them to bless our church. Um, so I, I wanted to follow up this Sunday with another parable uh, from the scriptures, from, from the teachings of Jesus. Matthew chapter 21, verses 28 through 32. Our theme today is actions are better than words. Actions are better than words. Matthew 28, Matthew 21, verses 28 through 32. What do you think? There was a man who had two sons. So Jesus is bringing this teaching. What do you think? There was a man who had two sons. He went to the first one and said, Son, go and work today in the vineyard. I will not, he answered. But later he changed his mind and went. Then the father went to the other son and said the same thing. He answered, I will, sir. But he did not go. Which of the two did what his father wanted? The first they entered, Jesus said to them, Truly I tell you, the tax collectors and the prostitutes are entering the kingdom of God ahead of you. So here, there's a conversation that's happening between Jesus and the Pharisees, and Jesus is bringing a teaching. He's bringing a teaching to them. There's, there's three, three uh, people in this parable. There's the father and there's two sons. And I just want to read it for you again. Matthew 28, what do you think? There was a man who had two sons. A father had two sons. He went to the first one and said, go and work today in the vineyard. I will, he said. But then he changed his mind and never went. Then the father went to the other son and said the same thing. In other words, go and work the vineyard. He answered, I will, sir. But he never went. Which of the two did what the father wanted? Now the Pharisees answered Jesus and said, Truly I tell you the tax collectors and the prostitutes, uh, the first one. Truly I tell you the tax collectors and the prostitutes are entering the kingdom of God ahead of you. Then he responds, this response to the Pharisees, that is, it's a harsh response, but it's a response of truth for the Pharisees. Let us pray. Father, I thank you, Lord, for the teaching of your word. I pray that it would land in our hearts. I pray, Lord God, that it will stir something up within us and draw us closer to you. I pray that our Sunday would change our Monday. I pray that it would be an applicable word, uh, an applicable word for us today, O oh Lord. One that we can grasp onto. One that we can make ours. And we can let it just resonate with us deeply this morning. Open our hearts to sense, our ears to hear what it is that you want to speak to us today. I thank you, Lord, for this word that ministers to me as well this morning. We pray in Jesus' name. And the church says, Amen. Actions are better than words. Uh, I was reading somewhere that uh, we are challenged every day with like 35,000 decisions. 
Every day from the moment we wake up, we're just constantly making decisions. I was like 35,000, but then I'm assuming that in this study they're talking about like, you know, a decision, you know, am I going to use this toothpaste or am I going to use that toothpaste? You know, right? We're the different decisions uh, every morning. As believers, we're challenged often to make choices, decisions. And at times we make good ones, other times we made some bad ones. And I, I, I like this parable, this teaching, because Jesus is reminding us that uh, what we say is good, but what we do is better. Uh, he's reminding us that actions are better than words. What we say is important, but how we respond to what we say is even more important. I've often said over here, confession is good, but repentance is better, right? I've often said, you can come to the altar and you can cry and you can say, Lord, forgive me of my sins. And, and, and that's good. And you could feel a sense of weeping and mourning and, and conviction for, for the way that we have lived maybe or things that we have done. And that's good. Confession is good. But what we do tomorrow is even better. There must be a repentance. There must be a changing of ways. Because if we feel bad and continue to do the same thing, well, then, you know, it's just continual conviction of the Holy Spirit, right? So actions are better than words. Jesus is explaining this parable. And I remind you that a parable is a fictional story to illustrate what is true. Uh, some say it's an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. Uh, it was a real popular way that Jesus would bring teachings to the hearers um, in the time of, of Christ. So Jesus is teaching us that there was a father who had two sons. That's the story that we read today. The father asked both his sons the same exact question. Would you go and work in the vineyard. They both answered differently. They both responded differently. One said, I, I'm not going to the vineyard. Then he thought about it, changed his mind, and said, you know what? Let me go to work in my father's vineyard. The other son said, yes, dad, I'm going to go work in the vineyard. And then thought about it and said, you know what? I'm not going to go work in that vineyard. And here, the vineyard represents a few things. First of all, the vineyard represents here, uh, Jesus was trying to teach the Pharisees here, that the vineyard represented the life that God had called them to live. It has to do with the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. It had to do with a life of, of repentance and not just knowing the law, but living by the law. He was talking to Pharisees and he was telling them, it's not just about what you know, but it is about how you live. And he was trying to tell them, hey, your words are good, but your actions are better. So he brings this teaching, this parable, and he says, well, let me help you understand. Right, And he tells them that the, the, the vineyard is an invitation into living the life that God has called you to live. And he tells the Pharisees that the first son, which represents uh, the prostitutes and represents the tax collectors. In other words, the sinners. It represents the, the worst of the community. He says, those are the first son. And he said, uh, we invite the first sons into the vineyard too. And they at first said, no, we choose to live our own sinful life. But and then they repent and they go into the vineyard of the Lord. And then he tells them, the second son is you guys, you the Pharisee, that you live by a law and you say, yeah, 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 we're going to live according to the way of God. We're going to live in the vineyard of God. We're going to live according to the way that God has called us to live. But you're really not doing it. You're really not doing it. Right? So here he's bringing this teaching and it reminds us of the life that we live. 
we remind us that there's so many of us that have heard the message of Jesus. It's an invitation into the pen of God, into the vineyard of God, into the kingdom of God, into the family of God. Many of us understand what that is to live a life that's not pleasing to the Lord. Maybe at one time we were liars and deceivers and we lived by our own lust and led by our own anger, led by our own ambitions and, and we were not right and we heard the message of Jesus that invited us into his vineyard. And although we were not worthy of it, lowest of our community, we repented and said, you know what, I'm going to embrace the vineyard. I'm going to embrace the kingdom that God has for us. Isn't that awesome? It's the awesome message of Jesus. But then there are others that sometimes we, you know, we're real religious. We live by laws and rules and, and we show no grace and we show no mercy and, and, and we're rigid in our, uh, in our legalistic ways of thinking and we think that we're very holy and we think that we're very righteous and, and, and we think because we have lived by a standard that we have a right to the vineyard and we say, yeah, that's the way we're living. But God says, you really never made it into the vineyard because you are self-righteous, self-righteous. And that was a tough message for them and it's a tough message for us even today, but sometimes even, and I say this with a heavy heart, sometimes we become so institutionalized in, 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 our, in our way of coming to church and serving God that sometimes we, we, we could even get a little self-righteous and we see ourselves as very holy. But it's a constant reminder to us that each and every one of us have been saved by the grace and mercy of God. Uh, I've said this before often, we're all beggars that have found bread. And now what do we do? We, we give bread to someone else. Because that's who we are. And this is the message. This is the parable that, that, that Jesus is teaching at this time. And as I was just studying the parable, there's five quick observations I'd like to share with you this morning. Five quick observations. The first one is to profess to do good is not enough. The second son uh, the religious one of the time said that he would go into the vineyard, but he didn't. The verse said that he had not yet entered into the will of God, the kingdom of God, what God had for him. He professed to do good in his work, but at the end, it really wasn't enough. I want to encourage you today and remind you to profess to do good is wonderful, but it's not enough. Our actions must follow our words. Have you ever worked with anybody who just doesn't follow through? Says, yeah, yeah, I'll do this, I'll do this, I'll do this. But at the end of the day, they don't follow through. Anybody work with somebody like that? Oh, that's so frustrating, you know? Um, uh, well, that's what it is sometimes. We profess to do good. We want to do good. But we don't follow through. Uh, actions are better than words. Our first observation to profess to do good is not enough. Here we are reminded that, that the Pharisee uh, said that he would, but he didn't, and he left empty. He, he didn't get what God had said aside for him. Um, I want to encourage you here today and remind you, uh, just to say that we're Christians is not enough. Just to say it is not enough. Just to say that we're part of a wonderful church is not enough. Our, 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 just to say it is not enough. There must be a lifestyle that follows our words. Just to profess to do good is not enough. Just to have a lot of Bible knowledge, a lot of understanding is not enough. Just to profess to do good is, is not enough. 
God is expecting us to, to follow through with the things that we say and believe. He's expecting us to follow through because good intentions is never enough. Just because I desire to do good, I must follow through. There's a great story in the scriptures. I've mentioned the story before of a rich young man who approaches Jesus and says, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus says to him, well, uh, follow the commandments. And he says, I've done that since I am young. And Jesus says to him, well, he was rich. Jesus said to him, sell all that you have, give it to the poor and come follow me. And the Bible says that he walked away downcasted because he had a lot of wealth. In other words, he, you know, he, he couldn't give it all up. You know, good intentions is not enough. He approached Jesus with good intentions, but Jesus was challenging him for another way of life. I want to remind you here this morning that good intentions is not enough. To profess to do good is not enough. To declare to do good will, will, will not be enough to get us into heaven. To declare to do good, to declare to do good is not enough, nor will it allow us to have the favor that God wants to bestow upon our lives. God is calling people who will not just profess uh, the gospel, but live the gospel of Jesus. To live in the vineyard of the Lord, to live in the kingdom that God has set aside for us, that is the call of each and every one of us here today. Perhaps you're in church and you're, and you're going through some things in your life and you're dealing, I want to just encourage you that your profession would also be the way of life. That the things that you desire to say for yourself, that you would ask the Lord to give you the strength to live them out. That you would just not say it, but you say, God, I just don't want to say that I'm a Christian, but I want to live like a Christian. I just don't want to say that I'm going to do this. I want to live doing those things. Because as we do, we begin to recognize that there's an invitation into the vineyard of God. And in the vineyard of God is where we find the favor of God, the blessing of God, the protection of God, the direction of God. And if we just confess, but don't follow through, we miss out on all that God has for us. And the church says, Amen. we're talking about actions are better than words. The first one is, to profess to do good is not enough. The second one is, repentance is needed for access into the kingdom of God. Repentance is needed. And I love that it says uh, regarding the, the, um, the other son, and he answered, I will not. But afterwards, the first son, but afterwards he changed his mind and went. And I love that he repented. So um, maybe, you know, you thought at first, I, I can't. But then you allowed the Holy Spirit to deal with you, convict you. And then you said, you know what? I can. And I love that the Bible says he changed his mind. How many know that we're allowed to change our minds? We're allowed to say, you know what? Uh, I'm, I'm going to do it different. We cannot let pride root itself in our lives and say, no, no, I started this way. I have to finish this way. No, no. God does and makes changes in our lives. And he wants us to make changes within us. And repentance is needed for the access into the kingdom of God. And repentance means a changing of ways. It means that I was first walking this way and now I'm going to walk another way. It is to recognize our need for change. It is to recognize our sin, recognize our failures, recognize our, our bad decisions and say, no, I want to belong to the vineyard of the Lord. I want to belong in the kingdom of God. And if I have to make changes, if I have to repent, if I, if I have to ask the Lord to help me do this better, then I know that he will meet me there and I can with the Lord. 
Repentance is needed. There must be a commitment to changing ways. The Bible is clear with regard to repentance. It, it is not something that is um, uh, conditional. Uh, it, there's an unconditional response to this. We must recognize that God is with us. I love that uh, in Chronicles it says, If my people who are called by my name would humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, forgive their sins, and hear the land. It's a reminder to us, if my people, there is a condition there. If my people would do this, then I'm going to bless them. If my people would do this, then I'm going to invite them into the vineyard. And in the vineyard, they will find all that I have for them. Today, perhaps, there's someone that's here today and you feel like I'm living a life. And I know that, that God wants to make a change in me. I want to remind you that repentance takes us to God's blessings, to God's will, to God's way. And it's okay to say, God, I've done it wrong. It's okay to say, I need help. I need to change my ways. There is an, there is an invitation from God Almighty for each and every one of us to reflect, to think. Is there something that needs to be changed in my life so that I can live a life that is pleasing to the Lord? And I want to remind you this morning, repentance is needed for access into the kingdom of God. It's not just about knowledge. It's just not about uh, going to church. It's not just about singing songs. It's not just about reading the Bible. There must be a response of the life. There must be a response from each and every one of us that says, I am going to change my ways when I'm not living a life that is pleasing to the Lord. The Bible says in Acts chapter 3, verse 19, Repentance, therefore, repent, therefore, and turn again, that your sins may be blotted out. What an opportunity for each and every one of us. I love there's not condemnation for us at this moment, but there's still an invitation for us this morning if we recognize our need for change. And the church says, Amen. I love this because it's grace that's offered to us, it's not condemnation. It's not God from heaven looking to hurt us, looking to shame us. It's God looking to invite us into a pure, holy, consecrated relationship with him. And he says, you have an invitation, but I'm looking for people that says, not my way, God's way. And this is a bridge that many don't want to cross. It's a bridge that many don't want to get to. Uh, they're willing to confess their sins and recognize their need, but they're not always willing to make the changes. But to enjoy the vineyard of the Lord, we need to make changes. And the church says. Amen. So we're talking about actions are better than words. And I've shared with you looking at this parable that we can see that to profess to do good is not enough. We can see that repentance is needed for access into the kingdom of God or access into the vineyard of God. Number three, for those that have said no to God, it's still not too late. I love that. I love that the first son said, no, I'm not going to the vineyard, but then he changed his mind and there was still an opportunity for him to enter into the vineyard. For those that have said no to God, it's still not too late. Um, I love that one of the commentaries I was studying was saying, uh, the doors are not yet closed against anyone. Those who desire a place in, of honor 
in the vineyard, it is offered still to you today. What a beautiful thing to know that the doors are not closed, that there's still an opportunity. Maybe you're here today and you've been battling. I want to let you know that there's still an opportunity, that the doors are not closed yet. That God desires for all people to be saved, for all people to be in his vineyard, for all people to enjoy time with him. In fact, 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9 says, The Lord is not slow in keeping his promises, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Isn't that awesome? That God has been patient with us. He hasn't shut the door. He hasn't said, that's it, last chance. You ever heard somebody say to you, last chance, that's it, no more? Well, Jesus still hasn't said to us, last chance. There's still an open door for us. And I love that Peter writes here and says, instead, he's been patient with us, not wanting anyone to perish. I love that God has been patient with me. I love that he has, he has been gentle with me in my flaws and in, and in my battles and in, and in my insecurity. He's been patient with me and he's allowed me to recognize and he's allowed me to ask him to forgive me and uh, allowed me the new opportunity because the door is still not closed. He's been patient with me. I want to tell you that he's been patient with you as well. He's been patient with our personalities and our characters. And he's been patient with the way that we respond to things. He's been patient with us. And maybe you're far from God right now. And maybe you're living a life that you know is not pleasing to the Lord. I want to tell you this morning that he has not closed the door on you. That he is still patient with you. Because he doesn't want anyone to be lost. He doesn't want anyone to be lost. He's still patient with you. He's still hoping that you would have heard the invitation to be a part of his vineyard, the place where, where he abides, the place where you can enjoy his salvation, his love for you, his leading of your family, his blessings over your life. Uh, he still has not closed the door. And I love that this young son thought about it and said, you know what? He's willing to receive me just the way that I am. And I want to let you know today that that invitation is for you just the way that you are. Maybe you feel like I'm, I'm, I'm battling in life and I'm, I'm dealing with some heavy, heavy uh, chains in my life. I want to tell you there's still an invitation for you. There's still an opportunity. The door is not closed. But I do want to say that one day the Bible teaches us that, that the trumpet will sound and the church will be raised up and we will find ourselves in the clouds with Jesus for eternity. And it will be the moment where the door will be closed. It will be the moment when no one will be able to reach out for grace and mercy and forgiveness. It's the time when grace has come to an end here for us. But today, there's still an opportunity because the door is still open. And the church says... Perhaps you're here and you have resisted God in the past. I want to tell you, it's not too late. Perhaps you're here and you say, man, I, I, I've done some bad things. Pastor Carlos, you don't know. I want to tell you that God has been patient with you. It's not too late. Perhaps you've been considering time to get myself right, my family right, my circumstance right. I want to tell you this morning, it's not 
too late. The sovereign Lord in his perfect will has brought you here today so that you could hear his words speak to you this morning and tell you it's not too late. The door is still open for you. And it's, it's an invitation into the vineyard of God, into the will of God, into the blessing of God, into the leading of God for you and for your family. And the church says, so we're talking about actions are better than words. Uh, we have said to profess to do good is not enough. We have said repentance is needed for the access to the kingdom of God or the vineyard. For those that have said no to God, it's still not too late. Number four, how you finish is more important than how you start. And I, I love that this parable reminds us that there was great joy for the son that finishes in the vineyard. He didn't start off well, but he finished well. He didn't start off well, but he, but he finished well. The first son started off bad, but he finished off well. He inherited God's favor, God's salvation, God's vineyard, God's blessing for him. How you finish is what matters. And the church says, how you finish is what matters. Many of us have had bad starts, but we have finished off well. Many of us have bad starts. Many of our friendships maybe have had bad starts. Do you ever have a friendship that started off bad, that finished off well? My best friend, Pastor Joey Andino, many of you know who he is. When we were young, I was probably like 20 years old, he's like 21, he came to me and he said, I'm having a hard time loving you. I said, loving me? I thought we were all good. And he said, I'm having a hard time loving you. I guess it was my personality, my ways, my, um, my competitive spirit. And he, uh, he says, but with the help of Jesus, I'm going to love you. Uh, that was 32 plus years ago. He's my best friend today. Been the best man at his wedding. He was part of my wedding. We've done life together. Um, how you finish is more important than the way that you started. Maybe you're here today and you feel like I'm not happy with the way I started. I want to tell you that you can finish off better. That son finished off in the vineyard. Maybe you're struggling in your marriage this morning. I want to tell you that you could finish off well. Maybe you're struggling with your relationships with your children or your parents. I want to tell you that you can finish off well. Maybe you're, you're battling with your faith. I want to tell you that you can, you can finish off well. Well, you know, it's not about how you start, but it absolutely is about how you finish. There are, there are great men and women of God in the scriptures that started off bad and finished off well. The Apostle Paul started off killing Christians and an encounter with Jesus on his road to Damascus transformed his life forever and he became the great Apostle Paul that we have today. It's not about how you finish, but it's about how you, uh, it's not about how you start, but it's about how you finish. I love uh, what Paul writes in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7 and 8. Uh, talking about his finishing, he says, I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid for me a crown of righteousness. And I love that because he says, I fought the good fight, I finished the race, I kept the faith. You can see contentment in him. You can see that he was satisfied. The way I'm finishing off, I'm, I'm satisfied. 
become content. I pray that when, when, when our time would come, uh, that our days are numbered on this earth, if Jesus is to tarry, that we can look back and say, I, I fought the good fight, I finished the race, I, I've kept the faith. That we could finish off strong. That it could be a spirit of contentment. That we could look at generations of our family and say, the Lord has been good to us and, and we're finishing off well. Maybe you're having a hard time right now. What will define you is not your present day, but what will define you is how you finish the race. That we can get to a place of, of, of contentment and, and a place of, of being satisfied to know that the Lord has been with us because we have dwelt in the vineyard of the Lord. We have dealt in the vineyard of the Lord. Perhaps you're here today and you're battling where you are. I want to remind you that your family needs you to finish off well. I want to remind you that your children need you to finish off well, that your grandchildren will need you to finish well. I want to remind you that the ministry that has been entrusted to you uh, needs you to finish off well. The church needs you to, to finish well. Uh, I want to encourage you that you, your life, that when it finishes well, is a life that has impacted many because in the vineyard, we get to enjoy God's favor, God's blessing, God's leading. I want to encourage you today. It's not how you start, but it's how you finish. And the church says, Amen. our last observation this morning with regard to this story is uh, God opens his vineyard for all his children. He opened his vineyard for the legalistic Pharisee. He, op he opened his vineyard up for the prostitute and the tax collector. He, off he opens his vineyard for all people. I love that we are all the children of God regardless of what color is our skin tone, where we've been born, where, uh, what language we speak. Uh, regardless of our social status, it is an invitation for all people into the vineyard of God. And this gives us clarity because it reminds us that we are all equal before the Lord. It reminds us that scripture teaches us that there is no favoritism. It reminds us that we are one body, one family, one church, with one Lord and Savior. And it reminds us to treat each other with equality, to treat each other with the same love, because there is an invitation for all people that I am not better than you and you are not better than me, but before the Lord, we are all exactly the same. Not only before the Lord, but before each other, we are exactly the same, because the exact invitation that the Lord has given me, He has given you as well. It's an invitation for all people. It reminds us that everyone matters. Whether, whether we're, we're men or, or whether we're women, whether we're children, whether we're seniors, everyone matters. I love when we look at the scriptures in Colossians. It gives direction. Uh, uh, it gives direction to the, to the widow. It gives direction to the men. It gives direction to the children. It gives direction to the slaves. It gives direction to everybody, reminding us Everyone matters before the Lord. It is an open invitation into the vineyard of God for each and every one of us. And the Bible affirms this in so many verses, but the one that we all know that tells us, for God so loved the world that he gave his 
one and only Son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. It is an invitation for all of us into the vineyard of the Lord. The Bible tells us, but God shows his love for us in while we were all sinners, Christ died for us. An invitation for each and every one of us, regardless of where we come from or regardless of who we are. Actions are better than words. As we study this parable, we're reminded of a few things. To profess to do good is not enough. Maybe you're here today and you are just growing in the faith. You're just starting and you're growing in the faith. I want to tell you that you have good intentions. I want to tell you, I know that you're saying, man, I would like to accomplish this and I want to do this and I want to do, and, 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 and those are good, but I want to encourage you to put a game plan together to follow through the things that you desire to do. Put a game plan together. How am I going to do that? How am I going to do the things that are in my heart? Because if not, it just becomes word. But words, but I want to encourage you to profess to do good is not enough. We must put a game plan together. That's why I want to encourage you to go to your discipleship classes. Go to your connect groups. Come faithfully to church on Sunday. Continue faithfully in your spiritual disciplines. Continue faithfully in uh, studying and mentorship and, and community. Why? Because there, there's an opportunity to uh, continue to grow and fulfill the desires of your heart. I remind you that repentance is needed for the access into the kingdom of God. It's time to evaluate. What is it in my life that I know I need to change? What is it? And maybe you have two or three people around you that you know are close to you. Be transparent with them and say, hey man, what have you seen in my life that, that, that I know I could do better? And be open to it. And not push back when somebody says, well, you, you're a little angry. Be open to it. Say, okay, let me write this down. I am angry. Put an exclamation mark behind it, right? Be open to the things that are, are being ministered to you. Why? Because you want to make those changes. Because there's an invitation into the vineyard of God. Number three, for those that have said no to God, it's still not too late. Maybe you're here and you're like, man, I, I've been hot and cold, hot and cold, in and out, hot and cold, in and out. It's still not too late to take heed to the word of God that says today is the day of salvation. Today is the day of a new covenant and a new way with the Lord. It's not too late. Number four, how you finish is more important than how you start. I fought the good fight. I finished the race. I kept the faith. What a wonderful way to finish. To say, you know what? Today, my failures today, my error today, my battle today will not Define me, but how I finish will. And our last one is God has opened, God opened his vineyard for all his children. Every one of us have a fair opportunity to live and dwell in the vineyard of the Lord. And the church says, Amen. if you receive the teaching, can you give the Lord a hand clap this morning? Tell the Lord, thank you, Lord. I'm going to invite you to stand with the help of the musicians. Maybe you're here today and and you feel like, man, this teaching is for me. I'd love to pray for you this morning. Maybe you're here today and you feel like uh, actions are better than words. God is dealing with me to make changes. I want to encourage you this morning. 
today, today is a day of covenant. Today is a day of saying, Lord, I absolutely will. My actions will be better than my words. If there's somebody here today who says, the Lord is speaking to me, and you would like prayer, as we sing this next song, I'm going to invite you up for a prayer. We want to pray with you this morning. And if there's somebody here today who's far from God, today is the day of salvation. Don't leave the same way that you have entered. Let the Lord do a work in your life that will change your life forever. Let us pray. Father, I thank you, Lord, for the teaching of your word this morning. I pray, O oh Lord God, that it would resonate with us. That it would resonate with us this morning. That it would draw us closer to you this morning. That it would remind us, O oh Lord, that you are speaking to us to make changes, to commit, to live a life worthy of the invitation that we have to dwell in your vineyard, O oh God. Bless us today. Speak to our hearts and let our Sunday change her Monday. We pray in Jesus' name. And the church says, Amen. As we sing this next song, maybe the Lord is speaking to you and you would like prayer. We invite you to come to the altar. We want to pray with you this morning. God bless you, God. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this sermon. We pray it blesses and encourages your life. 